Welcome, everybody, to another Gym Life podcast episode, what we're calling the uh, Road to Clash. Uh, with me today is uh, Clash uh, Perennial Contender, honestly. Uh, he's been to the, uh, every Clash since its conception. Um, seventh place at the first, third at the second, and there's nowhere to go but up now, Dan. So welcome, Dan Hughes, the world's biggest star, or world's strongest Star Wars fan. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that's true. I hope it's only up from here. <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, man. I I did the consensus. I've been I've been rolling out my podium finishers to the world mm -hmm. right now, you know. And of course, I like to get a little bit of that. I love to kind of get that barometer of the way these shows might turn out in other people's mm -hmm. heads. And I can tell you right now, the pressure's on, brother. There's yeah. a lot of people out there that are putting you back on that podium somewhere. Um, yep. Not, a, and, and that's just an honor to be mentioned amongst many of the names, of course, that you yeah. consider your brothers in the sport that you Absolutely. compete against just about at every show now. Does it get any better? No, it doesn't. I mean, I love competing with these guys. I love hanging out with them. I love just being around them. It's nice. That's one cool thing about these competitions. It's always the same people for the most part. But we're all, like you said, brothers in the sport. I respect all of them. Um, even the ones that I'm not close to, I still see them and compete against them enough that I certainly respect them. And, I mean, there's not a bad athlete in this lineup. Boy, there's not. And this year compared to the first year, even compared to the second year, mm -hmm. You said last year, boy, could it get any better than this? And then all of a sudden you see that 30 guys or 31 guys go, oh, geez, it, it just got better than that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's nice to see the contention because ultimately with the 105ers, there's guys that historically are part of that sort of first team that have been there a while like yourself. But now we see these this next crew kind of coming up behind you guys. Boy, it's either put up or shut up at this point because yeah. these guys are pushing you just as hard as the guys next to you all, all you know, the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. As uh, in line with that, I was talking to McKeegan uh, in the DMs a couple of days ago. Uh, me and him go back and forth, uh, you know, talking crap to each other and stuff. But I was like, I, we can't afford to talk crap anymore to people. I was like, any, everyone's just bat one misstep away, one one slip up on grip away from losing, you know, ten spots. I was oh, like, there, yeah. there's no room. No, no one there is good enough to, <laughs> in my opinion, is good enough that they can't be surpassed by any one of these guys. No, that, that's a fact. That's got to break McKeegan's heart, too, if he can't talk shit. Jesus, <laughs> you're right. He hasn't really opened his mouth at all lately, so you know he believes it. Nah, I mean, he's working on himself. He's working on his business. He's uh, he's doing great. Yeah. But, I mean, like, we both we both came to that realization of just, like, you know, it makes us look better with with the competition yeah. now. It's sure. no longer like, oh, we know who's going to get first, you know, who's going to podium. Everybody else is just there. It's like anybody. it's fun to see these predictions come in on my end because you know, like like I said, there's guys that that yeah, like yourself and Clayton and a couple others, and I'll mention those on a show tomorrow. But mm -hmm. you know, the guys that are expecting to see. And I think it's maybe because there's a lot more visibility with a few of you guys, mm -hmm. and there's some names there that people don't recognize, which is, I mean, are you familiar with that entire lineup? Have Have you looked at it from top to bottom, or just your heat? Not worried about it much from there. Um, no, I mean, I know, I know of everybody in the lineup. Me personally, I've never been even when I was an amateur. I was never like digging into research. Like I like to get to know the guys. Like in the chat, like we'll talk. Um, sometimes not about competing so much, just right. getting to know them. My motto is like, I don't go to beat people. I go to win. I don't occupy myself with wasted energy of like, well, I got to beat this guy in that event and this guy in that event. So when they released the heats, it was just like, 
that's great. I mean, I recognize these guys. I know they're good. I've competed sure. a lot of them, but there's nothing that any of them can do to make me better or make me worse. Only I can do that. Yeah. Um, and so like, I wish them all the best. I never want to beat somebody at their worst. I only want to beat people at their best. And obviously I want to win. Um, it's certainly not like a, I'm just there to have fun mentality. That's not it at all. Um, but you know, I'm not there to beat the people in the, my heat or in the finals, if I should make it, I'm just there to win. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it really, you know, what? it can't be articulated any better than that as a strong person, man or woman. Uh, we know the sort of the limits of, of what we're capable of doing and providing if we can get through a day, not make a mistake. It really doesn't matter if anybody else is there or not. Your scores will be your scores. And, you know, yeah. are they going to stand up? I think what really separates you pros, though, you you really top level guys is the the inability to make silly, stupid mistakes that cost you seconds, cost you reps, mm -hmm. cost you feet, cost you time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you guys do it better than anybody else. And I, I, you would agree, right? I mean, that's really what your focus is now yeah. at your level. Exactly. Like, like I like to watch, especially the guys I'm really close with and have known for years, like especially uh, like Justin and Lloyd, we did our first competition. Uh, both of our first competition was the same one in Alaska. I love watching him, whether he's in my heat or in the comp. But most of the people, I don't even watch them. And it's certainly not like a, oh, I don't, they don't deserve my time. It's nothing like that. It's like, whoever it is, watching them is only going to mess with my head because they're either going to do it flawlessly. And I'm gonna be like, well, now the pressure is more like right. on even more, or they're going to mess up and I'm going to be like, okay, sweet. Like I have a cushion, but I don't want that because I don't want anybody to ever think that I'm also hoping somebody messes up. Cause like, yeah, said, yeah, that's a great point, right? It, it doesn't matter what you see. It could fuck with you. So why even bother watching whether yeah. it's good or negative for them? It yeah. can go either way on how it affects me. And so that's why it's like, you know, I have to focus on myself, especially if I'm coming up soon. Like I always like to go like at OSG where they have all the weight classes, I'll go and I'll watch them. So I may watch like, Oh, that, that implements a little bit different. Like if it's doing, you know, whatever, maybe the car yoke, cause I've never run a car yoke. So I was like right. seeing how it affects when people pick it, how does it, how does it move? But I'm not going to go do that for my competitors. Cause like that whole time warming up, part of my warm up is all just mental as well. And I'm sure that's, that's certainly not unique to me, but I have my own mental processes that I, I have to walk through and it doesn't involve watching other people yeah. as much as I would like to say, I am mentally strong enough for it to not affect me. It 100% doesn't. I think it would any, any, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think without a doubt, you just don't want it to get in there any way, shape or form because exactly. and then no matter how much we think sometimes we can keep that clutter out, mm -hmm. uh, we just don't want to take that chance. Mm -hmm. So I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. Where did, where did, let's go back just a little bit because you know, I I've gotten familiar with you over the last year in a big way, just simply because I was such a fan of yours at your performance at clash last year when I got to see you in action. Mm -hmm. Um, but where did it all kind of start for you? Kind of give me the Cliff Notes version of how Dan Hughes came up through the sport. Because being in the Army, that doesn't provide you a lot of time to to really dominate the sport like you've done a good job of it being a pro the last couple of years. Um, yeah, so I commissioned uh, from the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina in 2014. Uh, during that time, I was training to do, uh, compete in bodybuilding. Um, before I reported to Fort Benning in 2015, I had a little bit of time kind of as a true civilian in a way, like I just had a couple small jobs. So I did bodybuilding shows and trained for that. Once I went to Fort Benning um, and went to all the schools I had to go there, go to there, 
um, I kind of came to the realization, like, I can't keep up with the lifestyle of being a competitive bodybuilder and be oh yeah, uh, oh, in a oh, combat oh. arms MOS and active duty. And, but I still really wanted to compete um, in something. So I, when I went to Alaska, which was my first duty station in Fairbanks, uh, I was training for a powerlifting meet. Some guy in the gym up there um, approached me. He's like, you ever do strongman? I said, no, um, that's just for big people. Like a lot, that's how a lot of, yeah, I think, middleweight right. and lightweight guys, uh, their story starts. Um, cause at the time I was maybe 215 pounds. Um, so kind of big for the army, but not big for strong man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, and I was like, sure, I'll try it. And Justin, Justin Lloyd and I had also just met, um, in the gym kind of in a similar way. So this guy got me and Justin to do it. We did a show like four weeks later, we both did pretty well. I played second to the guy who invited me. Um, and then I don't want to romanticize it and it'd be like, I absolutely fell in love with it at the time. It was about to be my first winter in Alaska. And it kind of was just like, well, this is something to do. Right. Um, right. Like this is a hobby I have. I was single at the time. So it was just like, sure. What else am I going to do on Saturdays besides strongman Saturday? So I did that. And with my active duty schedule, like I didn't have enough time to like really just dive into it. So it was kind of something I did when work didn't get in the way um did a couple competitions up there one of you uh under 265 alaska strongest man uh that was pretty cool as a fun comp and then kept qualifying for nationals never had the ability with my schedule to go pcs to georgia again and i hadn't competed for like a year this was in 2019 and i kind of came to a crossroads of like do i want to just stop this completely or do i want to do I want to get into it? And I was like, I don't know. Let's just do a competition. Cause that was my first time competing in the lower 48. I was like, we'll just see how it goes. Signed up for a max log and max deadlift competition three weeks out in Georgia. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Placed third out of third in the, I think it was a USS show. So I think it was, uh, 220. Um, like didn't have to cut or anything just showed up zero train up. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um i actually got hurt on the deadlift because of it um, it was, it was a, i mean i was a rookie but a super rookie mistake yeah but yes. even though i was in pain driving home i was upset i hurt my back but i told my wife i was like i love this i was like this is awesome <laughs> like i was upset and she may remember the story slightly differently <laughs> because <laughs> i was upset and a lot of pain in my back hurt but i just yeah. remember coming out of it and be like i love this like i'm gonna stick with it uh, did, did another show like Tampa Bay's strongest or something November 2019 ended up winning that show and then after that I was like oh yeah this is it went to Washington uh, found a really good gym right before COVID started a uh, dungeon I think at this point everybody knows dungeon uh, they yeah. host the Rainier Classic um, so I got in with all those uh, guys and girls right before COVID happened which was a huge blessing because everything shut down especially in Washington um but we were able to get in. Uh, I had access to implements even during quarantine, um, the height of quarantine. So, yeah. Um, yeah, then did first nationals the year Justin Lloyd won, which was really cool to be there. Um, and then came back and won nationals uh, in 2021. 20, yes, I think. The rest is history. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it's like a fast track, but not quite a fast track. Yeah. It was, there was a lot of time in between that you kind of had to kind of yeah. piece things together again. Looking back, it seems like a lot shorter time period than it was. Yeah. But now, I mean, we're in 2023 now. So yeah. my first comp was, 
I think August of 2017. And that actually, that is getting, we're getting away from that, but I don't regret it. It was really fun. I mean, no, I but listen, it. you certainly don't regret it now. I mean, yeah. it, it, when you're the guy, when you're one of the top guys yeah. talked about in a certain weight class in this sport, you know, that's quite an honor, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something you've earned. I mean, we don't take it for granted, but there's a common denominator between a lot of you guys at the level you're at, mm-hmm. you know, the, it didn't take you long to start winning. Your natural ability shined through it. It was just a matter of kind of honing your skills a little bit around these implements, you know, picking and choosing these spots that you need to really work on to do a complete show and be good at it. And before you know it, you're winning everything. And, you know, and, and I know a lot of you guys are very humble, and I'm the first one to say it. It's these are these are because guys like you are, you know, you've just got a little intangible that other guys don't. Not to say that guys can't eventually get there. It just is a perfect example when I do these interviews and I talk to you guys and gals. You know, there's this common denominator of of success that happened relatively quick because you just mm-hmm. kind of figured it out. And I think one one reason I fell in love with it not not necessarily because I was winning right away. But it was that I realized static strength, I knew before I even did it, static strength was my biggest weakness within the sport. But I realized, like, because of some of my other abilities, yes, I could still win and that over time I could bring up the static strengths. Um, and while some people are naturally gifted with static strength, I wasn't. Like, I graduated high school. I played club soccer and high school soccer, like, my, my whole life. I graduated high school at like 170 pounds. Like I'm not, <laughs> you look at my family, we're not a large family. Um, but so that was exciting to me because that was frustrating when I was training for powerlifting. Yeah, like, right. Like those are, I mean, even today, squat bench deadlifts are not my best events. Um, my deadlift has come a long way and that's probably my best static event. But yeah, that was like a little unnerving because I was like, I like doing this and I like competing, but. I'm not that statically strong. Boy, isn't it great, though? Isn't it a great thing about the sport that being dynamic is the great equalizer? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, yeah, there are some events that, quite frankly, static is removed from it for the most mm-hmm. part when they're doing reps at a decent weight that I know a lot of you guys can manage regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it takes a lot of these static guys, certainly in your weight class, and it, it sets mm-hmm. them on their ass a little bit because if yeah. you're not trying to be quick in the 105 class, uh, you're going to miss the boat for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got a lot of guys who are like pretty much all former athletes of some yeah. some yeah. sport before, and then those are the guys that you see they move the best, um, and that and that's why we've all been able to humble guys much larger than us at times. In that's our a career. fact. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. Listen, you guys aren't holding any extra body weight. You can't afford it. I mean, yeah. You're going into these shows. I mean, <laughs> are you a big cutter, Dan? Do, do you uh, do you cut a lot of weight going into these shows? Or you generally ride it pretty close. Uh, the most I've ever did was when I won nationals and that was only like 17 pounds. Okay. Uh, Reasonable. I haven't even started my walk. Well, I probably won't really do much of a water load because I woke up this morning at 233.2. Oh, (laughs) wow. Hey, how nice is that? The heaviest I've been during this prep was 238 and that was a couple weeks ago. And that was kind of like middle of the day too. So I had a conversation with somebody. I was at the Southeastern Strongman Classic this week with one of my teammates. I was talking to one of his competitors. He was asking me a similar question about weight. For a long time, especially being one of the smaller guys, I was chasing numbers on the scale. Like, I need to, like I'll get better if I just weigh 250. Like, I need to weigh 255 right. in the offseason. Then I kind of realized, like, if I'm still getting stronger at the weight I'm at without gaining weight, there's not much added benefit 
um, cause I was moving a little bit slower. Obviously my conditions conditioning suffered. And like, obviously if I gain 50 pounds, like I weigh 285, I can be a lot stronger and that will help in a lot of certain lists. But if I still have to cut down at the end of the day anyway, and yeah. my body can handle it. Um, I think my best performance to date was probably clash last year. Um, I mean, placing wise doesn't compare to OSG, the second, third and, and what the yeah. titles are, right. but my personal best performance i think with least amount of mistakes made was clash last year and i think i did about a nine pound cut you um, know it's it's uh i love to hear that because a lot of guys i don't know if it's just all of a sudden we just realize you know i, I think we catch on or at least it's the buzz nowadays is it, you we with weight came strength it was always kind of one with the other yeah but to be able to move and be athletic and once you start getting to that really fine line where you're spilling over and you become insulin insensitive mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you start being that sort of stuck in the mud. I, I think I've been there. I, I think you know what I'm talking about yeah. where you think you're moving, but you're really not. <laughs> I, 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 you're right. That's a, that's a risky place to be. Cause I know some yeah. of those guys, I know McKeegan's one of them and some others uh, in some of the other classes, boy, there's some big cutters there. And if you don't know what mm -hmm. you're doing, but that could really mess up a, 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 you know, day out there in the sun. Yeah, and that's part of it too, the the know what you're doing aspect. There's some guys who do really big cuts, but they do yep. it very well. They do it successfully. It doesn't seem to neg negatively affect them. However, I think the vast majority of people who try to do those, they're right. not doing it well. They're just doing whatever, anything they possibly can just to lose that weight for the way to their own detriment. Right. Um, and I mean, like you're saying, like you think you're moving, you're like, oh, I'm huge. Like, I, I, I weigh 250 finally. Like, I feel great. You watch the videos and your face is just beat red during oh, one God. set. You're just no. like, I, I am not looking athletic right now. That was me. That was me three weeks ago, man. I'm three, I was 300 pounds. I did a competition. I just, it was, a, I'm a master's guy. So it was a 270 farmers. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And I watched the tape back. And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> that's so lumbering. That is just terrible. So you're it's, exactly it's, right. I'm. I'm it's nice when a set feels rough, but you watch the video and you're like, "Actually, that looks pretty good." But yeah, it's yeah. terrible when you're like, "That yeah. felt great." You. Yeah, I could have held out like, of those farmers for an hour, but boy, I wasn't moving them very far. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh shit! Anybody coaching you right now? Yeah, uh, Terry Rady. This will actually be. So I I started working with him about six or seven weeks out from Clash last year. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've been coaching myself for a while. Um. And I was making a lot of good progress, but I wasn't doing it for a competition. And then once yeah. I started training for a 10 event competition, which would have been my first event, yeah, I was yeah. just like, I, I know my worth and I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not equipped to do this myself. And I, I had uh, just not met him. I've known Terry for a while, but I just uh, I was picking his brain at the Arnold last year. Um, and talked a little bit and not even, I don't think he knew that I was kind of interviewing him, but I think I was subconsciously at the time. Yeah. I was picking his brain on concepts and stuff. And then like two weeks after that, I called him and I was like, I want to work with you. Um, awesome. And I mean, I've been doing, doing great since this is, uh, I think we both agreed. This is the best, best prep I've had. So both mentally, physically, no injuries. So, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll find right. out. Something not familiar, right? <laughs> Usually there's always some sort of yeah. adversity that I have to overcome oh, and boy. I still yeah. perform. So hopefully, hopefully things 
going well isn't a negative thing. Yeah, doesn't that suck? We're in a sport when you're feeling too good. You wonder if, even if you're supposed to feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. You know, I, I love Terry. I'd love Terry to death. Uh, he's. Uh, I always say Terry's just an eccentric guy that you love. He's such a lovable eccentric character. Mm-hmm. I ran into him at the Arnold at the after party. As mm-hmm. long as he's not trying to teach you to dance, you're good. <laughs> Because I don't think that guy's got any any uh, any rhythm at all to he save his life. To say honest with you, no, he's, he's got a bitch and mustache. It's good porn stash, but everything he's else. He's very is. good at the things he's good at. Yeah, right. But you know, dancing's not one of those. Dancing things. is not yeah. one of them. No, not at all. No, great guy. I love Terry. Um, let me ask you, man. A couple, couple, uh, a couple clip questions for you here. What was your in your last two years at Clash? And, and you're one of the few that have been to been to both, and now to your third. What what would you consider your, I mean, what was the best moment in memory leading into this third one? What, what moment do you have to beat going into this third one? I don't mean necessarily, it could be anything you want it to be. Like, where, what do you remember the most out of those two, like, one moment? Uh, seeing myself, well, for last year it was immediately following Clash, but um, it was several months later after the first Clash. Watching myself on ESPN was insane and not just because like oh that's me i'm on tv it was amazing that like where the sport had come from like as a middleweight competitor i never once in a million years thought that that would happen regardless of how good i was yeah and i was i mean that it was uh the events are always pretty fun it's in you know it's outside it's on the beach it's all the, the best competitors like that that stuff is I think everybody knows about that stuff. But for me personally, like watching that, you know, next to my wife and with friends and family being there, I was just that that probably stuck with me the most. Um, uh, very cool moment for sure. I bet you that resonated with a lot of those guys that were out there, mm-hmm. especially those who love the sport as dearly as we all do and have always just wanted to see it kind of go to this next level and mm-hmm. having an opportunity for that to happen with Clash and continue to go forward with Clash. Uh, it's going to be a big moment for a lot of these new guys too. You watch, and that's going to be awesome to see. Yeah. Um, what about your competitors? Um, you mentioned Loy in your, in your, as you're talking to your competition in Alaska. Do you have guys that that you? Uh, I mean, listen, we all have rivalries, right? We got guys that we look at, friends or mm-hmm. otherwise, that are guys we're gonna have beers with after the show. But do you have guys that you kind of look at and go, "Okay, I'm I love competing against this guy. This is like a guy that I, pushes me and gets the best out of me." Um. But I don't think there's just one. Yeah. I mean, the first time I competed against Clayton was OSG. Um, and he's pretty freaking good. Um, he definitely, he definitely, I, I like, I was pretty confident. Well, I don't want to say confident. I was like going into OSG, not having competed against him. I knew there was a very real possibility that I could win if I did everything that I knew or that if I did everything how I had been doing it in training, if that makes sense. Yeah, but he's uh he's very good. I think we were either tied or he was like half a point or so ahead of me going to the finals. But those finals events, he smoked them. Um, yeah, he did. <laughs> it was yeah. historic, really. Um, yeah, it really was. But I mean, I haven't. I don't have a because that was the first time we met and competed against each other. I don't really have a personal relationship with them. Yeah. Um, but from an athletic standpoint, he's definitely one. Um, but I mean, guys that I talked to regularly and that really push me can be i love cam can be and i'm proud that he or happy for him that he went heavyweight 
I wish he would have stayed middleweight longer because I'd love competing against him. Yes. And I only got to do it once, and it was at Clash um, the first year. Um, I think what he did is the right choice. I know he's got to do what's best for him. But sometimes, Candy, I just wish you would do what's best for Dan and stay middleweight. <laughs> right. so we can, and, and best for the rest of us, too. I don't think, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, Loy, like you said, Frank, Frank Provenzano, um, Mike O'Connor, uh, McKeegan. I like competing against McKeegan because of how much he runs his mouth and I can humble him. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then okay. Isaac Mays, he, uh, I've, the only times I've competed against him are at clash. Um, he wasn't, wasn't able to do OSG this year. Um, he's a great competitor also likes to run his mouth. Some, unfortunately I'm Owen two against him. So hopefully we can, uh, <laughs> start to bring back, <laughs> well, um, right. Increase my record, but he was in my group. The first year there, I actually picked him up from the airport and brought him there. Nice. Um, okay. The first time I met him, we were in the same group. I think he beat me by half a point coming out of groups because I botched the kegs. Um, but then he did a lot better than I did in the finals events. Um, but those are all the names that come to mind immediately. But I mean, all of them do. Even the guys I don't know very well. Like, I know... I'm trying to be better about being self-confident and not being a self-doubter, but I do know that I am not good enough to just not mess up or I'm not good enough to mess up and still win. Oh, right, um, right. I would like to get there one day, <laughs> but yeah. I know that any, anybody who's at this comp specifically is, has the ability to, sure. uh, to beat me or any other person. And so because of that, they all push me like, there's there's no one that I go into, and at this point, any comp, OSG is the same thing. I'd never look at another athlete who's at these comps and I'm like, I don't have to worry about him because yeah. that's how you get smoked and that's how no. you get embarrassed. In your class is definitely the Dragon's Den anyhow. I mean, it just it, it goes without saying now when you mentioned the 105 class, it's mm -hmm. okay. We'll pick your poison, honest to goodness. You know, I, I think that's kind of your forte, right? It's, it's it, Everybody knows Dan Hughes about he's a guy that does all the right things to get where he's going i mean and when i think about you as an athlete and talk to guys about you as an athlete you're that guy that 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 doesn't make mistakes you have that reputation and like you just said you know you you, you do all these things very very well outside of your static movements is there anything that gives you concern going into this event? Any any particular event that you've been working on or needed more work on or feel like, okay, it's up in the air, I'm not quite sure? Um, I don't think there's one event. All the events are so different, and there's so many variables within each event. Like Because even the deadlift, for instance, is not just the deadlift. Like You right. have the transitions between all three movements. So I think for a lot of people, especially um, like you don't have the full minute, to do the reps at 635 there might be some people that win or lose um or you know win or lose reps based on how fast their transitions are yeah or, you know your straps mess up so do you practice when you're doing these events are you practicing just on how many reps you do or are you practicing on and timing how fast you do your transitions or what where are you losing time on your transitions same thing for the overhead press medleys uh, tire flips are you when you flip it are you just flipping it or are you flipping it in a way to make sure there's no wobble so that you get flawless transitions between yeah. reps um i mean the only one that i can think of that's just a simple event is the frame deadlift and that's just gonna suck like <laughs> it's a light enough weight that i think everybody's quads yeah. and, and glutes are just gonna be wrecked i think that'll play a factor into 
at, uh, at what point you do that event within your heat will play a factor at how you perform. Like, I don't want to, I hope I, we don't have to do the frame deadlift first because that's going to make the rest of the events. I mean, it's fair, obviously, within your heat, but it's, it's definitely going to affect your performance. Yeah, that's a good point. No, that's a great point. You know, I think that's, and that's just a point that needs to continue to be brought up about Clash, unlike other uh, competitions. You're doing essentially two competitions in two days, mm -hmm. and I don't care what these events are in any order on any given day, they're going to take their toll on certain guys right. at certain times. There's just no question about it. I mean, what you train, I mean, it'd be nice if everything was a training day. I'm going to do yeah. these two implements today, and that's, you know, but, yeah. but you're right. That's the intangible that I think separates the podium from, well, of course, it was pretty close, I think, down to top five or six guys last year. It was really tight mm -hmm. there going into yeah. the end. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, I think you're right. I, it, it just depends on what tra what trap you're going to fall into because everybody's going to fall into one of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like – Exactly. And it's fast paced. That's another thing. I mean, I'm used to it from last year. I, I try and focus on my conditioning more. Um, and by conditioning, I don't even just mean, you know, cardio or doing, right. you know, longer sets. I mean, there's, there's a lot more that goes into conditioning, especially for these types of competitions. Um, but I also try to, I try to work through every possible variable that I can perceive ahead of time and train in that environment. Um, even like, this is really silly, but I, I think it does help to a degree. I play music that I hate. I play music in complete silence. I play music that I love. I'll do events in complete silence, like comp weight events in silence, just with a buzzer. So all I hear is like the whistle or the buzzer. So anything that I'll have people come into the room, teammates or other people talking, with no music while I'm training. So like anything that can distract me, I'm training myself to shut it out and make sure. And it's not, it's not using stimulants like, you know, mm -hmm. ammonia and all that. Um, it's trying to just be me alone with as many distractions as possible and still being able to perform. Um, I mean, that's just one example, but I try and do stuff like that because at every competition, there's always something. And you know that's a Dan. That's a very military mindset <laughs> you got going on there. For everybody out there, Dan is he's a he's in the military. There, this all makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah. Let me let me ask you this: Do you feel like do you feel like that's the is? I don't want to put down any of the guys that never been to Clash before, but mm. th that's definitely an obstacle they're just not ready for. Am I right? I mean, that shit moves so fast that I, yeah. if you've never been there to understand it, I don't think you can just watch it and go, okay, I know how to prepare for it. Oh, no. I mean, we didn't last year because last year, and it, it, it's, it will be different this year from what I understand, but the finals were actually live, which means right. all the events are in real time. And I think it was seven minutes from the time you stop your first event. It was seven minutes for each athlete before they started their second. So we're doing five events, obviously, obviously at comp weight and plus the award ceremony all in like 90 minutes. And I know I can speak for myself, but probably all of the athletes, none of our workouts are 90 minutes. They're all longer no, than right. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a fact. And so I thought there was the one positive was, is you take out the, 
the variables of like having to come down and come back up for each event with extended time period. There's yeah. you don't have to worry about refeeding. There's no like no there's no snacks between. It's like you're lucky if you get a sip of water or I make the joke you decide whether you have to use the bathroom or change your shoes for the next event. Right. Why last year I used my Merrill hiking boots for three of the five events when I was yeah. only supposed to use it for one. Yeah, don't overthink it. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody um, starts here and eventually they're kind of going like this through the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, it's exactly. an even steady drop down is what it is yep. uh, through five events like that. Pretty crazy. Um, when are you guys rolling into town? Uh, I land like 5 o'clock Wednesday. Since oh, great. I, so you have plenty of time. You guys will weigh in, be feel yeah. good, feel ready to rock and roll on Friday. Yeah. So we don't Who's coming in with you? What kind of family are you bringing with you? Just your wife? Uh, just my wife. My mom came the last two years. My uh, oldest sister lives in Savannah, so yeah. my mom and her would come up um so scheduling wise it just didn't work out this year um gotcha. but uh my boss and one of my teammates is also coming from the fitness team you know i think that's another thing that really i love about clash and i try to bring that to when i, when I talk about it on my shows mm -hmm. is that this is a, one of those very unique competitions that provides a lot of uh, camaraderie mm -hmm. uh opportunity to hang out with people maybe you don't get a chance to hang out with too often and, and not mm -hmm. only that be able to see them in, over a couple of days and meet their family and other friends that they kind of bring to the scene as well i'm really big on that that type of brotherhood and fraternity and sisterhood in our sport and uh, again, it's another one of those shows that just provides that. I, I love that. I, just seeing all you guys and your family and friends and meeting Nick Camby's dad last year and his mm -hmm. mom. I mean, just you never would do that at any other show, you know. Exactly. But but what South Carolina and Hilton Head offers is very unique. And I encourage everybody to get down there to participate oh, yeah. in this show at some point. It, yeah, it's great because like you're at a resort and you have the the pool and the restaurant and the bar area. Um, but it's all right there. So it even is, if yeah. you're not at the hotel and you're just at the competition, like you have the opportunity to just mingle where usually, whether it's OSG or any other comp, like the comp's done, everybody goes their separate ways. Not out of any hatred or no, uh, lack yeah. of desire to see them. It's just not convenient because your family's there. It happened at OSG. Had a, more people than we could find a place to eat dinner. So like we had to make a decision of like, who do we want to hang who out we with? we hang out with, yeah. 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 Um, but you don't really have that at Clash because everybody's just kind of no. You're right. That tiki bar area is very special. I, I I was saying it last year, boy. This would make a great reality TV show. It really <laughs> would, especially if you're a strong man, you know, mm -hmm. fan junkie like I am, you know. And I just mm -hmm. lo I love all you athletes and all the fans of the sport and all the pageantry of it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I could just stand there all day with a camera, just having so much fun watching you guys. But yeah, you learn like especially like when Nick Best was there. Listen, yeah. I could listen to Nick talk all day. I love all day. He's all got day. he's got so many yeah. stories um i've had the opportunity to train in his garage with him and it's just he's got he has a real world uh, life example for every possible scenario you could everything drink sports <laughs> everything i know yeah. i've had plenty of conversation with nick and, got, and I, I loved every one of them the guy is the dalai lama of strongman really <laughs> yeah. yeah and he's back i just saw him do like 710 squat for like a triple yeah. or something with brian it was something mm -hmm. stupid this guy doesn't stop i mean no, take a kidney not. doesn't matter i'll be back you know <laughs> I, I don't think he's retired i, I think he's just uh, that's taking what i said to him when uh when we were backstage before the award ceremony at osg they were doing the retirement thing and he came off and i said you didn't retire nah, <laughs> it's like, no, you, didn't. you don't take second at osg and retire yeah. no because <laughs> I, I was like what are you gonna do nick you're gonna yeah. you're gonna take a year or two off and then you're gonna be like i'm gonna compete <laughs> yeah he'll be back i know right he's in my class so i mm -hmm. i just want to compete against him once to say i competed against him once that's all yeah. i want you know say i was there <laughs> with nick best the guy's just going down in history man 
Actually, fun story with him. This is a very short one. We were in his garage and we were squatting. And this was he was teaching me how to train for the squat at the first clash. Because this would have been, I think, February of 2021. And so he's teaching me that. And I squatted whatever weight. And he was like, How much have you squatted? And at the time it was like low fives. And he was like, no, 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 that's nonsense. And he said, okay, go inside real quick. So we go inside. He met with everybody. He's like, this is what we're going to do. He comes back and he's like, okay, don't look at the bar. And it was pounds and kilos. So I couldn't just look at it and know what it was anyway. He's like, you're going to get under this. You're going to squat one rep, come up. We're going to put some weight on it. And then you're going to do another rep and rack it. So I was like, okay, sure. You're next best. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, so I get under it. I squat. They add weight, squat again racket and i was like wow that was heavy and he goes you just squatted 575 for one and then 600 for one oh, I was yeah, like, well, right. that's almost 100 pound pr so that's awesome Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so oh, i love it that's great hey um so world's strongest star wars fan there's a lot of people out there that love star wars i mean why not you know i gotta ask a couple yeah. questions about this i'm ready for it you're you're it though right you're the guy you're the star wars so. guy so i mean I i'm not gonna ask you any trivia because I, I i love it but i got some questions for you okay. your favorite star wars movie uh-huh out of all of them which is what eight of them now or something i don't know uh well there's so there's nine in the skywalker saga. yes nine right gotcha episodes one through nine and then you have like solo um rogue one um i think that's it right now yeah those two uh, yep yeah mm -hmm. um i think empire strikes back is my favorite rogue one is also awesome but like mm -hmm. i don't watch rogue one with the same i guess the same lens that i watch one through nine just because it's kind of like a side story almost yeah, like yeah, it, provi yeah, it yeah. provides context for for the saga but um empire strikes back i think in order empire strikes back return of the jedi a new hope um and then episodes three two one and then i don't like seven eight and nine like at all yeah i, don't, I think everybody <laughs> kind of feels that yeah. way i'm a big star wars guy myself I, I i don't even want to challenge your knowledge of it because if you're going to name yourself the world's strongest star wars <laughs> fan you're going to be that guy but who's your favorite character of all time you got a, you got a couple of them yeah i have a couple so and they're probably unpopular opinions because one is darth maul and the other one's ahsoka which i think are kind of the same character but on the light and the dark side and okay. if you haven't seen clone wars and rebels this isn't going to make sense to you but i oh, like yeah. it because both of them saw they felt abandoned by the organization or the faction that they belonged to they were abandoned but they still wanted or one wanted power and revenge which is maul which is on the back of my arm here okay yep darth maul got it that's and cool. then ahsoka did the same with oh, yeah. jedi Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. now I know who you're talking you about. The same yeah. with the Jedi. She felt they both were abandoned by the people that they trusted more than anything in their life, and they were left to be alone. And so they had to find their own way based on the lessons they were already learned, they were already taught up to that point. So that's why you have Darth Maul, who's the Sith Lord. He tries to gain power and overthrow the Empire which is also what the rebels and Ahsoka wants to do, but he goes about it a totally different way right. than yeah. Ahsoka does. Who's like, I don't want to be part of the Jedi because the Jedi's hubris and their pride led them to the fall 
of the Republic because they thought that could never happen because we're the Jedi. Um, and she also hates the Empire, but she goes about it a different way by helping people and teaching yes. people how to protect themselves um, and help each other, more importantly. But if we have to go all that to say outside of that, probably Princess Leia. Okay, yeah. As far as the other movies, um, which I also have Leia here, but she's nice. kind of a... yeah. Yes, the you are the world. Yeah, yeah. They're not a, I love what we're doing. Like here. You got a yeah. little daddy tattoo with Darth Vader on it. But nice. uh, <laughs> Princess but yeah. Leia, I'm sure. As a young man, you love Leia, of course. We did, all did, she, right? She yeah. awakened me. <laughs> she Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to ask you though, as a Star Wars guy, mm-hmm. one more question. Okay. Th- these, it's it's tough to deal with some of this Disney stuff, isn't it? It, mm-hmm. Is it hard to connect with it? I watch it all, Mandalorian and all. I, it just, I'm wondering what a real Star Wars guy like you, when you're looking at and trying to watch that, because now they're just kind of grabbing these sort of off loops. It, nothing's yeah. really connected. So, like, fully understanding the, I guess, the showbiz aspect of it, of, like, it's a money pot for them. Yeah, That's sure, sure. It goes without saying. But yeah. it's like, I get the logic behind it, yes. So all I ask as a Star Wars fan is just that they don't, I guess, rewrite stuff that's already considered canon. Gotcha. So like, I'll watch, I mean, I see memes about it on the Star Wars pages I follow. It's just like, Disney will turn out crap. I don't care. I'm going to watch it anyway because it's Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was starting to get distraught about it until Andor came out. I Which thought is Andor, very good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was absolutely amazing. Yep. yep. Um, Mandalorian, I really like it. There's certain episodes that it's just like, I don't know why this episode existed. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, and I there's other, especially like knowing all the lore and the, like from the books and yeah. comics and stuff. It's like, there's so much stuff you guys could do that would make this a great episode. Then they don't. But that's also part of just having the different directors rotate through episodes. Yeah. And 30 minutes too. doesn't give them a lot yeah. of time to tell a real deep story in any of those, yeah. you know? And so I get that. Like I get, yeah. I get the logic and the reasoning behind it. It's not that it doesn't make sense, but I mean, I think every Star Wars fan has their own fantasy of how certain things play out and what they want to do. So I just right. try to, I just try and enjoy them for what they are, which is entertainment. Well, you certainly do, and you and you're the, I love that you're that guy, uh, and I love it that you're in the strongman community because there are some nerds in the strongman community yeah. that love stuff, you know, like this. Yeah. Not just myself. Um, yeah, have you yeah. ever been to a cosplay? And if you did, what did you dress up as? Uh, I haven't, but not for lack of trying. I was supposed to go to one in Nashville. But it was during, I had a work trip and actually I was planning to go. But yeah. if I was going to do it, I would probably go as uh, as uh, Darth Maul. Okay. All right. Um, Fair enough. I already have, I have the lightsaber. I have his red dual sided lightsaber <laughs> uh, downstairs. I actually hung in my garage gym. I have it hung up on a barbell rack like it's a barbell. Yeah. And I get the feeling that your family already knows what they're getting you for Christmas the day after Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love Star Wars Legos. I do build a lot of Star Wars. Oh, Legos. those are cool, like, man. Yeah. But they're not cheap. Oh my God, those things no, are expensive. Are not. not some. I haven't built built them so much lately. But wow. during during quarantine, that's actually when it started. My wife and I, since we couldn't go out on like dates and stuff, we would buy a Lego set and just build it and watch a movie. Wow. Um, so, but that then quarantine stopped and Lego building didn't stop. So we just have a lot of sets. <laughs> well, do you have any kids, Dan? We do not. We well, once it. you have your kids, because I'm I'm blessed right now with my five year old who just now when I say what do you want to watch, son? He says, mm-hmm. Let's watch Star Wars. 
That's awesome. It's beautiful. <laughs> I get to do it all over again. And I get to tell him all about it. And he's like oh, really yeah. engaged in it, you know? So that's really cool. Yeah. A lot of fun. Well, Hey Dan, thanks for joining me today, man. This has been yeah, a lot absolutely. of fun. I, I just, I wanted to get to know you more and I know there's a lot of people out there that have been wanting to get to know you more. Uh, you're certainly yeah. one of the best one Oh fives in the, in the country, if not the world. And it'll all be on display this weekend with 30 other guys that deserve to be there with you and may the best man win. And again, you're, you're a guy we're all picking to make it to the finals. And I guess at that point, we'll see from there, right? Awesome. We appreciate, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We'll see you later, man. Yep.